Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. On this week's episode, we have another recruiting roundup segment, a great interview, and updates from Union Omaha and the Omaha Kings. We also have some UWS news and Nebraska State Soccer Association news. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to thank our three new supporters of Nebraska Soccer Talk, Kim Stoneburner, Jeremy Jensen, and Andy Benkus. Kim Stoneburner is the mother of podcast guest and Nebraska soccer player, Katie Stoneburner. Kim, David, and the entire Stoneburner family have been very supportive of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Jeremy Jensen is the head coach of Grand Island Boys Soccer, as well as the father of GI soccer player, Jalen Jensen. Coach Jensen was one of the support, first supporters of Nebraska Soccer Talk going back to last year. Finally, Coach Andy Benkus is a coach for Gretna Elite Academy. Andy is one of the first coaches I met when I moved to Nebraska to be the assistant at Wayne State College. Thank you, Kim, Jeremy, and Andy, for your support of Nebraska Soccer Talk. To join them in supporting us, please consider making a one-time donation to our Venmo or consider becoming a Patreon or patron at www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. We have a big episode today, so let's get into it. We are going to start off today's episode with the Recruiting Roundup. Nebraska Soccer Talk's Recruiting Roundup is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. Claire Kniss has committed to continue her academic and athletic career at Division I Baylor University. Claire is a standout for Lincoln Southwest High School and Gretna Elite Academy's ECNL 0304 team. Claire was a big part of Lincoln Southwest's 15-1 season and state tournament berth last spring. Baylor University competes in the Big 12 and finished 8-5-6 overall this past fall. Kama Carpenter is committed to continue her academic and athletic career at Division I University of Nebraska. Kama is a standout for Lincoln East and Gretna Elite Academy's ECNL 05 team. Kama scored 31 goals last spring for the Spartans and helped the Spartans to the state semifinals. Kama was named All-Nebraska First Team by Omaha World Herald, and was named to the Super State team by Lincoln by the Lincoln Journal Star. Nebraska competes in the Big Ten and finished 7-9-2 overall this past fall. Staying at Lincoln East, we can announce that midfielder Jesse Chartier has committed to continue her academic and athletic career to NAIA Hastings College. Along with competing for Lincoln East, Jesse plays her club soccer for FC Lincoln Rush. Jesse appeared in every game for Lincoln East, tallying four goals and six assists. Hastings College competes in the GPAC and finished 13-5-1 overall. Moving over to the boys' side, we can announce that Caleb Swanson is committed to Division III Buena, Buena Vista University. Caleb is a forward for Lincoln Pius and Dreamer FC. Buena Vista competes in the American River Conference and finished 2-12-2. Staying on the boys' side, we have a little bit of a different announcement. Cade Huck from Scotts Bluff is heading across the pond to attend the University of Central Lancashire and play for an academy team in Macclesfield Town setup. Cade Helped the Bearcats to a 10-6 record with 7 goals and a team-leading 11 assists. Macclesfield Town competes in the Northwest Counties League, and Cade will be spending three years abroad. Back over to the girls' side, we have a pair of Concordia, Nebraska signings to talk about. Savannah Andrews is a forward who competes for Gretna High School and Evolution Soccer Club. Savannah appeared in almost every game for the Dragons on their way to a Class A state championship. She tallied 10 goals and 5 assists and was the 5th leading scorer for one of the most potent offenses in the state. 
Sierra Springer is a forward who competes for Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central Girls Soccer. Sierra appeared in all 17 games, tallying a team-leading 19 goals and 5 assists. Her attacking play helped Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central to the state tournament. Sierra was also a Class B All-State selection. Concordia is an NAIA school who competes in the GPAC. They made the national tournament last spring during the COVID-affected season, and they finished 9-7-2 overall this past fall. Before moving on to our interview, we are going to go through this week's two-year transfers. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. We lead off the two-year transfers today with a Nebraska high school graduate returning to the state. Say Poe from Northeastern Junior College in Colorado has signed to play for Doan University. Poe, a defender, appeared in seven games this past fall for NJC. He played his high school soccer for Lincoln High School and his club soccer for Hawks FC, and it will be great to see him back in the state. We talked about Georgia Proto, Probo and Luca Nedek the week before, but this week, the IWCC Reavers men's soccer program will release more of their transfers for the next level. Gonzalo Cuevas has transferred from IWCC to Division I Omaha men's soccer. Cuevas, a Chilean, Chilean defender, appeared in 18 games for the Reavers in 2020. The Mavericks finished 6-10-1 overall last fall. Joel Sangwa and Maruki Kawahara from IWCC are both heading to Division I Akron University. Sangwa, a center back from Cape Town, South Africa, by way of Phoenix, Arizona, appeared in 17 games this past fall for the Reavers. Sangwa was named to the ICCAC All-Tournament Team. Kawahara, a midfielder from Tochigi, Japan, was named to the ICCAC All-Region Second Team. Kawahara appeared in 18 games for the Reavers, tallying five goals and four assists. Akron competes in the MAC and were 9-6-3 last fall and reached the first round of the NCAA tournament. Carlos Santa Maria from IWCC is heading to Division I Oral Roberts University. Santa Maria, a midfielder from North Dallas, Texas, appeared in 13 games, tallying one goal and three assists. Santa Maria joins former Reaver Joel Quashi on the Oral Roberts roster. Oral Roberts competes in the Summit League and finished 11-2-2 this past season and reached the final of the Summit League tournament. Brothers Terry and Ty Harold from IWCC are both heading to NAIA Concordia University. The Harold brothers are from Council Bluffs and are graduates of Thomas Jefferson. They played their club soccer for Council Bluffs Soccer Club. Concordia University competes in the GPAC and finished 7-8-3 this last fall. Congratulations to all of the recent signees. Again, if we missed anyone, please be sure to send us a DM or tag us in a tweet so we can include you in the next recruiting roundup. This recruiting roundup was brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. This week's interview is brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet Sports is a local family-owned and operated store that is a part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work, to those who go on leisurely walks, to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. This week, we welcome on head coach from Doan University, Tony Odoricio. Coach Odoricio is a Scott Catholic High School boys soccer alum, a Creighton men's soccer alum, and a former professional player. After a couple of coaching stops, he is now the head coach at NAIA Doan University. Coach Odoricio and I had a great conversation on and off of the recording, and I'm already looking forward to having him back on again. 
If you listen closely, you can really tell how interconnected the Omaha soccer community really is. I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, today, we welcome on head men's soccer coach from Doan University, former Creighton player, former Scott player, Tony Odoricio. Coach, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, let's let's kind of jump right in because I'm I'm ex- you're probably one of the newer GPAC coaches, um, but you're not unfamiliar with the area, obviously. Uh, but so tell tell some of the listeners like what's your soccer background? You 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 played at Scott and you went to Creighton, but I don't really know much of the details behind those two two places. Grew up, yes, young Omaha kid that played for Mo Farvari back in the day when he had Blue Jay soccer and then went <laughs> to Dennis Beckman and was on a club called Viva Azimandias that teamed up with Arsenal later in life with Alex Mason. See, Nick, you're of- finally getting to a name that a lot of more of the oh. younger younger people will know. I think those first two that you mentioned and clubs are like who and then Arsenal, who? some some yes. kids might know, but not everyone. So they kind of formed together, too, with, you know, West Omaha and formed OFC back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, and, I mean, we had NFC with Bobby Amdor and, and I mean, so many great club coaches right. that helped along the way that I've known. Alex Vasquez, um, we know Harlan, who works with me right now at Doan, was in Lincoln with Ben Damewood. And, I mean, I would say legends of the soccer world here in Omaha and Lincoln helped shape a lot of us back in the day and going to high school, played under Paul Bangura, who yep. many know, um, and got on with Creighton University, was lucky yep. enough. What was your recruiting uh, process like? Because recruiting's obviously, <laughs> it's taken on a world of it, mind of its own. Um, what was it, the recruiting process like for you? Yeah, it was... Back in the day, when you won a state championship, you had the best players in state. No one was kind of in these MLS clubs and stuff like that, jumping around in different leagues. So a lot of the best players played on those teams. And really, those players back in the day got looked at by Jay Mims and Kevin Doyle, Bob Warming. They wanted the local guys at Creighton University, um, so many guys that played with the Matt Whelan's, the Joe Whelan's, the Matt Allen's, uh, the Daisy's of the world that, you know, are still even involved in, co- in coaching around here. Uh, Cal Dermer. I mean, the list goes on and on. My cousin Vince Odoricio. It's it was really those guys that ingrained it. And we're lucky enough to to continue on and play at Creighton University. And then Summers got to play with Des Moines Menace with the owner of Kyle Krause that, they just won their second championship yep. at the USL where I was part of the team that won the first one. Okay. Many moons ago. And, and the menace have been, the menace are a staple of this area as far as, you know, semi-pro pro soccer. I mean, and even around the country, people know the Des Moines menace. It's just a, they've been around for so long. And you're, you grow up in that world of, all right, you're kind of the best and best in the state of Nebraska. Then you go on to school like Creighton where you're competing for national championships and, and those sort of things. And then you go to the menace and it's all kids from colleges, ex-pros that are playing. So you I've won a championship there with them. And it's one of those that builds you. And the owner of the, the menace owns come and go. Well, he just bought Parma FC. That's right. Yep. Last year. When they're in Syria. 
I mean, you're going a guy that signed Buffon back to the club. It's crazy. You grow up kind of in that world, but being from Omaha, Nebraska and seeing it at a young age, then prepared me for after to go on and play overseas in Finland in the Premier League. Um, so as a player, you have so many great options in the state with kind of whatever club and, yeah. and being a part of it and seeing it, it it's crazy. And yeah. it's even better and better now. Yeah. And so going back to your, what was your time at Creighton like, um, like what was training like? What was the coaching staff like? Uh, Cause you were, I mean, Creighton's still obviously been, Creighton's very relevant every year in the, it seems like in the division one, but you were kind of there in like, they're really like heyday. I mean, pretty it successful was, time. You go in preparing for a national championship every right. year. We're wearing, Elite eights, sweet 16s, you want to get in the final fours. Um, and those still don't feel good enough when you get knocked out. Right. So when you're going in, though, you understand a, a recruit comes in and it's a guy going to UCLA. It's, a, you know, a guy going to Sporting KC, well, back then Kansas City Wizards, or yeah. they're coming to Creighton. <laughs> so you get when you're there of, all right, like, I got to step it up in the offseason. Like, even if you're playing, you're going, the guys that are coming in are phenomenal. They're looking at University of Virginia, you know, or a pro level, or they're coming to Creighton. So it's always you have a target on your back and you don't want to lose your spot. As soon as you get your spot, it's one of those of, I want to be on the field 90 minutes every game and enjoy the experience compared to being on the bench and and seeing the 3,000 people in the stands. I was going to say, you, get, you, get, you, want to, you want to play in front of – I mean, just like the high school kids want to play at Morrison at, in the state semifinal state championship games because of the crowd. I mean, there's some – I mean, I was at some Creighton games this year, especially the the Marquette game. I think it was Marquette. Or no, Georgetown. Sorry, the Georgetown game with yeah. the, the Beer Fest tent. And, like, this is a crazy atmosphere. Uh, do you So you played for Coach Bob Warming, correct? Correct. Uh, correct. You know, and for those who don't know, Coach Warming's the – uh, most winningest active coach, I think, in Division One. Um, a you know, legend of not just not just the Omaha area, but also in the country. Uh, what 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 have you? What did you learn from Coach Warming? Now that you're a coach yourself, like what are some? What's like maybe some big takeaways that you've learned from him, even after he was done coaching you? Minus all the soccer stuff, it's the personal relationships, but the business sense of Coach Bob Warming. When we talk about building the stadium, he would talk about it with us. And we needed 11 pillars in Morrison Stadium to symbolize the 11 players. And we need to name the 11 pillars, commitment, dedication. And I mean, the list goes on and on. But I finally got a chance to meet Ross Pauly over the summer. And I mean, growing up here, I'm a huge I was a defender. So as much as I want to be Johnny Torres, I knew that was not you know, in my locker to be Johnny Torres. So watching like David Wright uh, and, and those guys, you're going, you know, and Ross Pauly. So, and Ross goes, Tony, the crazy part is Bob Warming brought those plans to his house. And I think he's from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. And then we're talking, it had to have been 10 years earlier. So that was already in Bob's mind 10 years earlier and would bring it to Richard Mulrooney to Ross Polly and say, this is what we're building. Come here. And that then as a coach, you go, that's, you put that in a player's head. It, it goes above and beyond. I, I thought that at Central Community College, 
mm-hmm. and told the administrator that and I was head coach there and I was playing on a field that hadn't been used in 20 some years that James Bennett could tell you about John Brzezinski John Bailey I mean <laughs> and you go this the presidents wanted to put money into the park up there and go no we have a field here on campus blah 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 and I mean they built an incredible place and it's based on a vision but that's kind of how Bob Warming you know engrave that it's it's growing the game beyond just playing it but it takes okay. winning to do that yeah and, and it, I mean Creighton has become that it's just they're they're a staple and now he's 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 doing some good things with UNO I mean it's it's fun having two the good division one programs in our city it's crazy because it's all it's all related to Creighton in a way of you have right. you know Bob there I play with Tim Walters Yep. at Creighton and then you got you know the, the two at Creighton right now and you're just going how kind of you know Bob and you have Brett Simon you've had so many great coaches and so many great youth ones still in Omaha that have been around all these uh, guys too there's those connections like for Jay Mims to come back and then yep. he's USL coach of the year and you're just you're just laughing about it going it's crazy but it's crazy it's, like you said he built it's been built and winning takes that I, I do when what years were you at Creighton I was there 03 to 06 is okay I so I actually spent one year at Creighton as an undergrad not not soccer player and it was in the fall of 2006 oh, so, okay yeah so like right. I, I remember telling Tim Walters that too because him and I would have been there and probably more in the same realm of things so I lived in Gallagher Hall so <laughs> Oh, okay. is, yeah, but so I probably watched you play if you were there fall of 2006 because I went to pretty much all the games. Yep. So, um, but uh, senior long time ago, <laughs> but uh, so what what was the move after Creighton? Like what was kind of you finished up at Creighton where you didn't want to be done. You didn't want to be done playing. So you went like what, what were your player, steps there? There was a player from Finland on the team named Pietari that had a team back in Finland and became friends with them and wanted to take me over there. And Matt Briggs was the other one that got me over there to Lincoln city. So he brought me over to England, okay. Matt Briggs, stayed with him, was with training with Lincoln city. Couldn't sign with them because I've never been capped. Okay. From any U team. Uh, went over to Finland, trained with a team called FC Hakka that was the the premier league champions had players of the year had guys that played for russia that champions league players unbelievable and the coach at the time that i didn't know because i don't speak finnish <laughs> yeah, training there say, for weeks that was gonna be my month. next question <laughs> well he's gone for like a week and you're like where is the coach you know it's been a day <laughs> two days and the guy's like, well, hey, come out tonight. You know, let's go. The the Finnish national team's playing. And, you know, let's watch this game. It's whatever. It's the Euros. Like, yeah, all right, we'll come out. And you're sitting there and you're going, oh, my God, that's the coach of FC Hakka is right now the coach of the Finnish national team. This is the guy that brought <laughs> that's me That's why he hasn't been there. Yeah. And he he was uh, played goalie, all this stuff. And. He brought me in after a couple of weeks and wanted to sign me, but they didn't have the money at the time. So he's like, just stick it out and, you know, it'll be good. Well, it was during 08, 09, and the club was owned by a paper mill. 
And this is when the big depression hit and halfway through that season, they stopped paying the players. But before the season, that coach called a coach of another team that was on, he coached him at the national team for, you know, 10 years or something like that. And he happened to be Yari Littman's kid's godfather. Like that's <laughs> coach I mean, it's, fin- it's Finland. There can't be, there. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Yari Littman and there's like six degrees of separation for every Crazy. like Finnish soccer guy. He's currently now the U20 national team coach there. I was right. there two days and he signed me. That was okay. the team that Temu Puki came from. All right. Before he signed with Sevilla and played all of Schalke and all over yeah. Norwich. So I always tell everyone, well, yeah, they had to sell Temu to <laughs> to afford you. Yep, Sally. <laughs> yeah. My, my <laughs> what uh so how how long were you over in Finland? One year and we got relegated. So yeah, did they, they did they have to sell players the, off then? And it was that you could sign another year and play lower division, but after you get relegated, you're an American over there. It was the only American in the, the Premier League at the time. And you could tell some fans liked you and some fans, were, it was your time is up here. You yeah. get out of here. So um, came back to the States. But at the time, the MLS cut 12, 15 players on reserve teams. So mm-hmm. I was training with Kansas City Wizards with a couple of weeks when Kernan Alpha was coaching. And you had Josh Wolf and um, – Got at the time, Graham Zuzzi was young on the reserves and <laughs> okay. all them. Uh, it was when Claudio Lopez was on the team. Okay. But Kurt's like, hey, stick it out for another couple of weeks. We'll see if we can get wages. And I was like, there's no way. You got uh, 150 pros looking for jobs right now. So, right. yeah, it's. that. That's a. And what was it like in Finland, like not speaking the language? I don't even know. Like, I don't know much about the country of Finland. You know, I don't know what type, what the food's like over there. I don't, what, what, what was your experience like? Like, did you, did you have a good experience over there? Like outside, even outside it's, of soccer? It was awesome because it was a time before these type of phones. So like when you wanted to, you had a Skype phone on a computer. Um, you'd get lost in the shuffle on, you know, you can't find stuff, bus systems. Uh, you, right. When you eat at a restaurant, it's, you either put headphones in and listen to your iPod or you just look around and soak it all in but to you learn to listen because you can't speak anything like think of to get a haircut where you know uh, you want a, a one up or you know whatever <laughs> you're trying to you explain it you can't explain it but it's the same you learn it in soccer of all right you're not going to be the first guy in line we, you know, because the coach is explaining the drill and you have zero idea what to do. So you sit and you watch. And sometimes guys would tell you, you know, but you watch and you're like, all right, I got to take one touch here, pass it to this guy. Then I move this way, get the ball back. All right, I shift it here. I got to play it there. Just in a simple passing drill. But that's every training of, I mean, just a warm up going through the cones or and you hit the cones back in those days of your pro. I mean, you go through one warm up. That's a five five euro fine you knock over a cone so i mean you <laughs> that, might that get gets expensive cones, quick you over and like, <laughs> like that was a 25 euro fine <laughs> and that was five seconds so i mean it's things you really pay attention to details and you have to i mean if for the sake of not only getting fined but uh you know i want in the team being in the team and wanted to play exactly but the food was 
different. Uh, they eat reindeer <laughs> over there. They, you know, they love potatoes a lot more than I'm, I'm used to. Yeah. I'm, okay. You know, pasta guy being an Italian. So. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, what, what, uh, what, what's the style of play like in the, the Finnish Premier League? Like, what does that, com- like, how does it compare to maybe the MLS or even like Division One college soccer or, or something like that? The technique of everyone is so clean of youth guys and the knowledge as you can tell these guys just play this and it's their craft compared to you know some college teams you play it's just a physical battle yeah technically you know not everyone is up to that par where every year you play a crate and you're going okay you had two or three guys going to play pro well now it's every guy's a pro there so you know it compared to the MLS it's it's that same type of boat but then you have some of the older guys that are experienced of like all right here's Yari Lipman coming in to play with the club team here's this guy that's played Russian Champions League or this Champions League that are playing you know where we have guys that played in the African Champions League that you're going the knowledge it's so there but they're just older that want to continue playing on over in Europe yeah so, I mean that 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 had to have been just an awesome experience, and like I think that like kind of kind of jumping in now. So how did you make the transition from playing to coaching? Because I, I don't know. I think it's really cool that you're now coaching, especially for the individuals and the players that you get to coach. So how did you like? How'd you make that transition from that to to the coaching world? It was Matt Briggs again. Matt Briggs at Belmont right. University had he had a bad season. They didn't do well. And I came back and I mean, there's no uh, Minnesota United or Minnesota, whatever they're called back then. Before the Stars or the, the Thunder or whatever. They yeah, were. yeah, the Thunder. Had a buddy, the Coleman, that played at Creighton, played for yep. them and his yep. brother. I was played there one day and I was like, I just, I, I'm not feeling this. Like, I don't, I don't want to force it now of, you know, here I thought you were playing over in Europe to now, you know, second division in America just wasn't a dream of mine. So Matt Briggs called and was like, just come to, to Bellevue and be part-time. It was when Mark Heath Preston was playing at the time and Tom White. And, and now they're the coaches. Yeah, <laughs> kind of train with the guys. I mean, Mitch Kavanaugh's been on the team. Lee Vito. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, Scott Robertson. It, it's so funny because, like, you're a lot of these names. Like, that's the cool thing about the Omaha soccer community, and like, part of why like Nebraska soccer talk has been really fun and getting to know more coaches around the area is like yeah. all these like all these guys are Hard still time. here. They're coaching and they're they're yeah. big time. They're bi- they're really a part of our community here. So it's it's cool. It's and I, I loved it at Bellevue. I, I just it was something different that I never I didn't imagine, but doing it it's you can affect a player very different by not playing which you you try to do as a player the whole time when you're on the field I mean you you really try to I'm going to pass you the ball Joe and you go score the goal and I'm going to map it out in my head but (laughs) you don't score the goal so it's I I don't know I fell in love with it in that way and still you're with players and Matt Briggs was like well would you rather do this or be in a factory working or be behind a desk and working or be you know yeah and i'd much rather you know do that i it's soccer that's just what i've known my whole yeah. life and enjoyed my whole life so a hundred percent and so from bellevue then you were also spent some time at central community college and iowa wesleyan were there any other stops Correct. besides those two and 
and I've known Jeff Voigt my whole life and he worked the deal out to get me to Doan before his wife took a job in uh, Milwaukee. Okay. Without living in North Platte and it, it was worked out years ago, kind of a deal. And we're just, my wife's from Omaha. I got three little ones. So we're happy to be back by family. Yeah. That, we know that's awesome. Love the G pack. Love, um, I mean, the soccer and the conference and it, just in the state, just it, being home is, it, is great. Yeah. And, and having someone like you back in the state is, is really cool, especially at Doan, because I know that like Doan hasn't always gotten the, the maybe the publicity in the G pack. Obviously, Hastings takes up a lot oh, of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, oh, 100%. Um, but then you have also like, you know, Morningside and Briarcliff have had good years. And then recently Northwestern obviously was good, very good this year. Um <laughs> But you've had you've had a habit of every stop you've been at, kind of helping take that program to the next level. What what kind of is there a secret to that? I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to tell me all your secrets. But is there what do you focus on to help to help bring programs up? And 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 what's your goal year to year? Like how do you like what kind of goals are you setting year to year to make that rise in those programs? Because I you took IWU, who wasn't doing very well, and and made them very relevant in the in the conference. Well, now you jinxed me, but uh, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, oh, briefcases of money and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, that really yeah, uh, you know, a couple of players that professionally that you know maybe oh, just yeah, skirted yeah, the yeah. portal. Hey, I'm under the table. Hopefully, the commission's listening to this. Um, I think you. It's no different than what Bob Warming or when Casey Mann coached us at. Des Moines menace it's you got to buy into it and believe in something that you're playing whether it's for the city of Crete or for Doan or for yourselves your family I mean it it goes beyond you for any program and um I think once kids buy into it they they tend to do it and once a, a program has it like a Hastings that has I mean Chris Crank and Champ and Timmy Bonecamp I mean it's that's something you dream and you want and those are the first kids recruiting are going, I want to go there because they're a top 25 program every year going to nationals, which kids should. That was how I looked at Creighton University. I want to go be the next Ross Pauly. Yeah. You want to be the best of the best because you see exactly. the best. You see the best. And that's, you know, what every player should. So even a local kid, you as much as I want them to come to, to Dome, you still tell them, I want you to go play for Creighton. You know, I want you to go play for Bob and Grant at, at UNO. Like, uh, it's because you want the best for those kids because I, I am one of those kids. Yeah, you were one of those. You know? So as much as you want them still to come to Doan, it's, it's about the kid and the best for the state, whether they're even going to Iowa Western and winning national championships. That To me, that's awesome if yeah, you I mean, got Omaha like, South kids going over there and competing and then going on to Sony Brook. Like, yeah, you do. For them, you want that for Omaha. It's just crazy to think of like you just forget of how much soccer between some of the GPAC schools and then the two Division One schools, then Iowa West right across the river, just like just the like and in in Nebraska the the talent level and I know it's not all Nebraska players, but it's there's a lot of Nebraska roots within all of those programs, um, and and so going kind of going forward, speaking of like Nebraska kids and Nebraska roots, like you've you've had quite a bit you've. Recently, we've been doing a lot of announcements on our podcast of don't you don't you local kids coming to don't 
obviously we talked off air. Um, I'm, I was a big fan of Braden Lackey, who's now at Doan. Uh, I was a big fan of his during the high school season. Um, how important are getting is getting local kids? And, and also, like, you got – is it Chance Bailey? Was it Chance Bailey? Sorry, I lost you there. Chance Bailey, yeah. And and do you know his dad? Is like because I heard you mention his dad's name earlier yeah. in the interview. Uh, John Bailey, I met the night before the interview at Central Community College. Okay. At the women's coach right now, who is Jamie Bennett's house, and John Bailey was the assistant coach under John Brzezinski. Yep. And they were kind of handed it on and. And so they're going over stuff over the interview. And that's where I met John. And Chance was a great chance to fill in my lap, to put it to you that way. Um, <laughs> but you want the kids from, you know, Columbus, the Lexingtons you talk to, uh, all over the Carnies if you can get them, and besides the Omaha Lincoln. Because a lot of them right now are going to the Omaha Lincoln clubs just to even get noticed. And, right. and, I, and I completely understand it. But uh i find it very important to get those kids along because i i want them to continue playing if they really want to play and not go unnoticed and right. give them opportunities and chances to play well and i think i think the clubs have done a great job of, of promoting their players too i mean we've seen we're seeing like almost every year it's like record numbers of boys going on to play men's soccer from the state which is great um but but stay keeping the focus on don't what's what what do you want Doan University men's soccer to continue to be about like what do you like if if someone's going to come watch Doan what should they expect to see they're big in the family and I, I love Jeff Boyd left it that way on I mean when I first came in that was the chant after practice of family and to be honest that was mine at Iowa Wesleyan it's been at, at some community college you know it's it's one of those of you when you come in as a coach and you see that you're going, wow, it was set to you in, in good terms in that way. And you want to be able to compete in the conference and, and try to set yourself on the Hastings platform that Chris Crank made. And can we do it? I, I hope so. Um, could it take time? Maybe, but you want to do it with kids though, that appreciate it. Just like the local kids win, Nadim Hasanbagovic played and Ryan Jung and I mean before he transferred to Creighton and all these guys you're going there's so many Tyler Ortley yep. is at Gretna uh, you go the list goes on and on on so many the Wally guys that played there that you know you wish that those guys back then were at Doan and they were winning championships to put it right. to you that way so and so why can't the time be now yeah, and I think that's the cool part a little bit that there have been, there has been, I know that Hastings has been the big name, but there are other GPAC schools that are, that are making waves and I'll have knocked them off and have shown that like, Hey, like you get it right. If you build it, like it, it's possible. It's not just always going to be Hastings um, and not always going to be certain teams. Um, how does the team look for next year? We're growing more and more after when I came in, Last February, we had a good-sized roster, but then after that season, because it was a COVID, we played in the spring. And then we lost another 10. So, I mean, we're down to about 23, 24. So, we're looking to build 
more and more to get it up there. Cause then you never know with COVID guys got to sit out and injuries. Right. And you understand that as a college coach. Yeah. But uh, we're looking to get, you know, more and more. Awesome. What, uh, <laughs> we got a guest appearance. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, know. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So the last question I have is you played high school soccer in Omaha. Now you're, you're recruiting high school soccer in Omaha. What's the growth like in the game in the state that you've seen in, in, in the high schools and the clubs? I think with coaches that have been around since I've been around and the opportunities to play more, you got video, you got, I just think the resources are fantastic. Was the field as, was the field as nice as at Scud as it is now? <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> We played on the third farthest practice football field. We weren't allowed on that field because it used to be grass, and that was God built that field for football. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> um, and I still remember after freshman or sophomore year, the grass field that we used to play at Scott, we planted that. We literally sodded it and used shovels after a game at Scott. <laughs> so, I mean, the growth of soccer. And now they have a bigger video board than a lot of colleges do. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. It's so, crazy to think on, yeah, how far it's come. But for every school, too, where it needed to be that. Yeah. yeah. From, from yeah, what it is to what it is now. Yeah, of course. Um, well, Tony and Coach, thanks for joining me. Um, wish you the best of luck in the spring season, the recruiting, and then next fall. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on because I know as a college coach, time is valuable. Um, so thanks for sharing your story and, and hopefully we can have you on, you know, sometime again next fall to do a, do a check-in with the, the Doan Tigers. I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys got me away from my two-year-old, five-year-old, eight-year-old son for a little bit. So <laughs> you're, welcome. That. <laughs> you're welcome. I would like to thank Coach Odoricio for taking the time out of one of his evenings last week to chat with me. I look forward to the next time he can come on the podcast. As a former high-level college and professional player, he's a great mentor and leader for his players at Doan. Before we get to the Nebraska soccer news, I want to thank one of the sponsors of our podcast. This week's interview was brought to you by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet is a local, family-owned, and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work to those who go on leisurely walks to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. The Omaha Kings are coming off a heartbreaking golden goal overtime loss to the Wichita Wings. The Kings and the Wings were squaring off in a battle of the top two teams in the Midwest Division of MASL 2. The Kings fought hard, but were ultimately denied in the end by a talented and tough Wichita wing squad. Defender Murillo Cerulli is still atop the MASL 2 points and assists leaderboard. Teammate Manuel Lira is right behind him in both leaderboards for points and assists. The Kings have a couple of weeks off before they head out west to take Ontario Fury, take on Ontario Fury 2 on March 19th. However, they did tease some exciting things that they are going to be rolling out in the coming weeks, so be sure to follow them on LinkedIn. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up on the latest updates of the Omaha Kings. Our Union Omaha news this week is all on the attacking side of things. 
Ricky Rivera has re-signed with Union Omaha. The Puerto Rican national team player joined Omaha midway through last season, and I know the organization and coaching staff are excited to have him for a full season this upcoming year. Rivera made seven appearances for the Owls last year, scoring one goal. Giovanni Montestioca has signed with Union Omaha after spending last season at Laudan United in the USL Championship. Montestioca is a former college standout with the University of North Carolina. As a Tar Heel, he appeared in the NCAA Final Four, was a third-team All-American, and scored 13 goals in 37 matches. Out of college, he was drafted by MLS's FC Dallas, but did not sign with them. He made 19 appearances for Lawton United last season. The biggest news in signing for the state of Nebraska and Union Omaha supporters has to be the elevation of Yaskar Galvin to a full professional contract. Galvin, who played his high school soccer for Lexington High School and his club soccer for Gretna Elite Academy, spent last season on an academy contract with Union Omaha. The move to a professional contract is an exciting one. Bellevue University has partnered with Union Omaha, so Galvin will be able to continue his education while also pursuing the professional soccer dream. Special shout out to Union Omaha's organization for providing pronunciation guides on their press releases for their players' names. I want to do my best in terms of that for all high school, college, and pro players in Nebraska, but sometimes it is hard when there isn't a guide on the players' names. So I appreciate the work Union Omaha does in this regard. It is the little things that count. A couple weeks ago, Sporting Nebraska announced the formation of a UWS team. They will be joining a league that already contains Gretna Elite Academy. Gretna Elite Academy has had an amateur team the past three years, I believe, and now Sporting Nebraska is joining the ranks as well. They have also announced their first two roster additions. Keelan Terrell of Creighton University and Lindsey Prokop of Grand Canyon University are going to be competing for the Sporting Nebraska team after competing for Gretna Elite Academy last summer. Terrell was the starting goalkeeper for Creighton University this past season, and she has also been a guest on the podcast. Be sure to go back and listen to that episode from this last fall. Prokop, the Millard South graduate, has been a standout forward at every level that she has played at, from youth to high school to college and UWS. She was an all-conference UWS forward for Gretna Elite Academy last season, but returns to the club she competed for as a youth for this summer. We look forward to covering both Gretna Elite Academies and Sporting Nebraska's roster announcements and seasons this summer. Last bit of news before we end the podcast. I've talked about this on the last two episodes. The Nebraska State Soccer Association is hosting their free week of coaching education once again this year, and they have started to release some of the presenters, and it is exciting. The presenters announced so far are Courtney Thompson, Amy Konwinski, Brett Ledbetter, and Teresa Beekman. Visit Nebraska State Soccer's Twitter account at NEB State Soccer to learn more about each presenter. I'm excited for all four of the announced presenters so far, but I'm probably most excited for Brett Ledbetter. He's the creator of the What Drives Winning series of videos and book materials. Definitely check them out on YouTube, and the book materials are worth investing in as well. I saw him present at the coaches' convention a couple years ago and got to chat with him afterwards, and he is a great person as well as a great presenter. Thank you to Nebraska Soccer Association for putting this on. That's the end of this week's episode. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. If you are able to, consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk, or consider making a one-time support payment to our Venmo. We have some great guests coming up on the next couple of weeks, and I'm hoping the NSAA can get the schedules and districts released so we can do a preview show for the high school team sooner rather than later. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.